Welcome to Your Face Story Podcast. Yolanda offers practical, educational, and encouraging content, saving you time and money when searching for ways to look younger naturally. About dieting, sugar, and how it affects our health and beauty. I'm noticing a lot of redness on the skin, sensitivity on the skin, and dark circles. Most of the time, we would think the stress of the holidays or maybe just some extra foods that we didn't digest. When I am speaking to uh, Sue Thomas, nutritional therapist, she's saying that our liver is on strike. So instead of eating late, Sue recommends we are indulging in a little bit of extra sugar right after lunch. Welcome, Sue. Please tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we're going to go into that stressful conversation about sugar. <laughs> Hi, Yolanda. So lovely to be here. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Sue Thomas. I'm a nutritional therapist. I, I call myself the sugar-free coach. Um, I've been working with clients to empower them to break the cycle of sugar consumption for over seven or eight years now, and helping everyone really to understand how sugar is such an addictive substance and how often we don't realize that we have that sugar addiction. Yes, yes. And you've mentioned that um, the sugar affects liver tremendously. So the dark circles that we see are really caused by the liver malfunction. Yeah, should we, should we dive into that a little bit in terms of how that happens? Yeah. So when we consume sugar, it's metabolized by the body. Every meta every metabolic process the body goes through releases substances called free radicals. Now, these free radicals basically attach themselves to healthy tissue. And so that basically starts an inflammatory process in the body. So the easiest way to think about sugar is if you're consuming sugar in its raw form or in its in its refined form, it's starting to heat your body up. So in terms of your skin, if you notice sort of um uh, sort of a, a blushing on your skin that's a sign especially at this time of year after we might have consumed more sugar than normal that's a sign that there's some inflammation going on in your body so that's the first thing first of all that we need to understand is that sugar is an inflammatory substance and it can cause problems with our skin it can cause inflammation under the surface of the skin but also the second thing that we need to understand is when we consume sugar, the body releases a hormone called insulin. And insulin is designed to pick up that sugar and take it to the cells for energy production. But if uh, we don't need that sugar for energy production, then it, the, the insulin has to take the sugar somewhere. So it takes the sugar to, um, to our liver where it stores the sugar as glycogen. And that can start to cause an issue as far as the liver is concerned and how effective the liver is at functioning because the glycogen starts to essentially create what we call a sluggish liver. And if our liver is sluggish, it doesn't detoxify effectively. So it doesn't clear out toxins from our system. And equally as much, um, which can those toxins can manifest themselves as acne under the, again, sort of around the chin line and everything. But equally as much, if the liver is sluggish, one of the signs of a sluggish liver are dark circles under the eyes. So we've got two things going on there. One is that a sluggish liver can 
doesn't detoxify effectively and as a result can cause um, uh, acne uh, and inflammation under the skin. But the other is then a, a liver that is sluggish and is is storing too much glycogen uh, can have a knock-on effect to our to our skin, as in the dark circles under our eyes. Makes sense. It's just, it's very disappointing where we can't look at the sugar the same way. You went on a journey of stopping the sugar addiction. Um, so when I was personal training, uh, which I did before I became a nutritional therapist, I became quite sick. Um, I'd had a, an, a streptococcal infection that resulted in me having to take quite a lot of antibiotics for a long period of time. And that disrupted the health of my gut bacteria, which meant that I really struggled in terms of absorbing food. But it also, but in in terms of absorbing food, that also had an impact on my body's ability to produce energy. So I was eating foods that would give me instant energy. So refined sugar being one of them. The more refined sugar I consumed, the more I needed more refined sugar because I would have a spike in my insulin levels, and then I'd have a crash of insulin. And when I have that crash of insulin, that's when I was reaching for sugar to give me another energy kick and I'd have that energy kick and then I'd have another crash and I'd reach for more sugar. So I was on a real blood sugar roller coaster and that was really disruptive to my body, disruptive to my gut bacteria, to the gut microbiome, uh, but it was also disruptive to my ability to be able to manage my weight, to manage my hormones, to sleep well at night, all of those, that blood sugar imbalance basically was having this massive impact on all the areas of my life. Because I was a personal trainer, I wasn't walking the talk at all. I wasn't eating healthily. I wasn't in the shape that I should have been in um, because I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm very authentic and I want my clients to, to see me as a bit of an inspiration to follow my lead. And I was just eating for the sake of energy basically I was trying to eat for energy and that what I thought was that I needed to eat sugar I needed to eat bread I needed to eat sort of refined carbohydrates in order to give me the energy but actually what I was doing was completely the wrong thing because that was disrupting my energy levels it was disrupting my ability to be able to sleep it was certainly disrupting my gut bacteria and the health of my intestine um, but most importantly I wasn't the person that I wanted to be. And so I decided that actually the first thing I would do would be to adjust my lunch. I knew I needed more energy in the afternoon. I was eating bread at lunchtime. I was eating sandwiches at lunchtime. I knew I needed more energy in the afternoon. Someone said to me, well, remove the bread and just have a massive salad with loads of protein on it. And I thought, how am I going to have the energy to exercise with my clients if I'm not having the, the bread at lunchtime? And as soon as I removed it, and started to have a more protein and and colorful meal at lunchtime, I noticed an instantly an improvement in my energy levels. So I found myself naturally eating less in the afternoon. I wasn't having that spike and then that trough of energy. I was having more consistent energy throughout the day. So I naturally then was eating less. I wasn't snacking in the afternoon. So even though I was exercising, I wasn't exercising to try and lose weight. I was exercising in order to support my clients in the progress that they were making. Mm. So by changing my diet, that then allowed me to manage my weight more effectively. But I wasn't dieting. All I was doing was balancing my blood sugars, which meant I naturally ate less, which meant I naturally then lost weight. And so by removing 90% of the sugar from my diet, 90% of the refined carbohydrates which are also sugar they're metabolized to sugar in the body 
by removing 90% of those, I was able to reduce my bloating, balance my hormones, lose the little bit of weight that I needed to lose in order to feel more confident in my clothes again, sleep better every night. And, and my skin improved, you know, the bags under my eyes disappeared, the puffiness under my eyes disappeared. My Because my hormones were much better balanced, I wasn't getting the, the sort of, you know, the acne that you can sometimes get when your hormones are a bit out of alignment. There were so many improvements in my well-being on a day-to-day -day basis that I sort of realised that actually this was the way to go. It didn't compromise my health in any way. It didn't compromise my energy in any way. In fact, it improved it. And so as a result, I was like, well, this is the way for me to go forward. But the more I kind of got understood how removing sugar, refined sugar and refined carbohydrates from my diet made a difference to my energy levels and my well-being, I started to talk to my clients about it and encourage them to. And I say 90 percent, you know, you don't have to remove it completely, but it's about realizing where there is extra sugar in your diet and how you can tweak your diet to take it out to balance your blood sugars and therefore to find it's finally finding food freedom because you don't have to count calories anymore you don't have to be in a place of restriction anymore you can if your blood sugars are balanced you naturally find yourself making better choices around food and you naturally find yourself eating slightly less than you might do because you don't need to snack all the time we talked about this earlier and what i remember we can't have sugar or too much sugar at breakfast time Now you're saying we can't have sugar lunchtime and we can't have sugar at night. So when do we have the sugar? Okay, so let's talk about that then. Let's understand that in a little bit more detail. So first thing in the morning, your stomach is full of hydrochloric acid, okay? Hydrochloric acid is not designed to bake down carbohydrate, which is what sugar is, what cereals are, what toast is. Hydrochloric acid is designed to break down protein. So your first thing in the morning, you should consume protein because that will protein with lots of colors, basically. So that might be eggs with spinach and avocado. It might be full fat Greek yogurt with blueberries and seeds and nuts. All of those are great kind of breakfast options. Um, but if you have that breakfast, you get that breakfast right. That re releases sugars into your bloodstream really slowly, which means the slower the release of sugars, the slower release of insulin. So you'll stay fuller through the course of the morning. Okay, so you make better choices at lunchtime. Now, if you're eating loads of sandwiches at lunchtime, followed by a packet of crisps and then maybe a chocolate bar, you're going to have a spike of insulin and then you're going to have a crash. If you had a salad with, let's say, lots of protein like chicken and tuna fish or whatever, you know, whatever works for you, a big salad with some good quality protein on it, that's going to help keep your blood sugars really balanced. And eating food in the right order is really important as well. So if you have your kind of fiber first, so all your vegetables or your salad vegetables first, followed by your protein, That's creating the right kind of structure in your stomach, if you like, for releasing sugars really slowly. And then you can have a little bit of sugar. So if you know that you want some sugar, well, that you're going to have some sugar through the course of the day, have it after your lunch. Because if you've eaten the food in the right order, if you've had the, the fibers and, the, you know, lots of salad veg and vegetables, then you've had your, your protein, then you have a little bit of sugar that will still ensure that your blood sugars are quite well balanced through the course of the afternoon. And then you have your meal in the evening. 
Never have sugar on an empty stomach because it will release sugars into your bloodstream really quickly. Have your meal in the evening, but make sure you've finished eating by seven o'clock because then your insulin levels will come really low so that when you go to bed, you go into a really good quality sleep. If insulin is high, it impacts your ability to be able to sleep properly. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping everyone to understand that there isn't one size fits all when we want to try and manage our weight or when we want to try and get our diabetes under control or when we want to you know, improve the function of our hormones and our liver health. It's about understanding how your body responds to certain foods. And, right. you know, one person could have a, a, a Greek yogurt for breakfast with seeds and nuts and keep going until lunchtime. The next person could have exactly the same breakfast, but be hungry by half past 10. So you've got to work out what works for you in terms of how you keep your blood sugars balanced. And you'll know if your blood sugar is balanced, if you can go from one meal to the next, about four hours without needing to snack. Okay, so, so how much water do you drink and when do you drink that? <laughs> well, I drink water all the time. I'm a bit of a, um, I, I love my water. And in fact, I will drink warm water throughout the day in a mug. So I just keep topping my water. I, it would be really hard for me to say how much I drink. I probably drink, I'm going on for three liters, I would think. I know that you shouldn't be drinking water or anything with the meal, not to dilute the nutrients. Well, yes. Yeah. So there's this theory that but drink water with a meal will dilute the hydrochloric acid, which has an impact on um, your ability to be able to break down the nutrients in the food. Right. That's entirely individual. I always drink with a meal. I never get acid reflux. I, I'm, you know, so it's really, again, it's, it's an individual choice. If you're noticing that you're getting acid reflux or heartburn after yeah. a meal, yeah, then maybe try stop drinking water with the meal and have the meal have the water later. Mm -hmm. um, but equally as much, someone who's not drinking water with a meal could get heartburn, and if they start drinking water with a the meal, they might notice that that reduces. So it's all about really finding the approach that works for the individual. Um, and that's about listening to our bodies. We've stopped listening to our bodies and stopped listening to how food makes us feel. Um, and if we can really start to get to, to listen more to our bodies and listen to the messages it's sending us, we can begin to be a little bit more intelligent around the choices we make with our food. Unfortunately, the snacks and the advertisers make us hungry all the time, right? Yeah. So yeah. The, the snacks kind of take away from us tuning into our body mm. uh, that frequently we just we just go about our day and there is another snack there is another snack yeah yeah, so yeah. snacking is not a healthy thing for sure no, and some of that's to do with the fact that we've been told we need to keep our blood sugars yeah. balanced so the way we keep our blood sugars balanced or we think or the food industry has told us the way we keep our blood sugars balanced is to snack constantly yeah. but that's the last thing you should be doing because actually you don't want your insulin levels to stay high even if they're staying steady you don't want them to stay high yes they will spike a little bit after you've eaten but you then want them to come right down so that when insulin is lower you can release the right balance of hormones to ensure that you're burning fat more effectively that you're accessing the glycogen from your liver to clean your liver up a little bit to allow your gut to digest the food that it's consuming to allow your gut microbiome to work efficiently so actually don't snack to keep your insulin levels balanced if you like but high don't snack have three meals a day and allow your insulin levels to come down so that all the healing and repair that your body needs to do between meals can take place
or you can skip one meal right you yeah. can that yeah. to help yourself absolutely if you help if you if that works for you yeah again i know that that doesn't work for me i i need to eat three meals a day and i know I do but i don't often eat until about 11 o'clock i know i don't need to eat much before 11 i'm not hungry so i'm happy not to have breakfast but i always make sure the first thing i consume is protein based yeah um and then I will have, I still have my three meals. I'll have my sort of first meal at 11 and I'll have something else about two, a smaller meal at two, and then my evening meal about half past six. But I know I don't need to snack between those times because my blood sugars are really well balanced and, you know, my insulin levels come down. I can digest my food properly um, before I then dive into the next meal, you know, kind of four or four and a half hours later. So that's perfect. So how long does it take for our body to detox? Is it overnight from no. that excess sugar? <laughs> uh, it usually takes about 10 days for the body days. to, for insulin balance to come back into alignment. Some people take a little bit longer, can take up to three weeks, but on average, it's about seven to 10 days. Some people will be even quicker, depending on how high the insulin was in their body. If, if insulin was quite high in your system, it's going to take a while for that insulin to come down, for the liver to be able to clear a lot of those toxins out of the system. Um, so usually we say between 10 and 14 days. So the first 10 to 14 days can be quite, if when you're trying to detox from sugar, can be quite difficult because because sugar is an addictive substance, when you're not having any sugar, your brain is going, you're, I need that dopamine here. I want to, I want you to eat some more sugar. So you're controlling these cravings when you're kind of detox off of sugar. And it can be easy just to go, oh, I can't do it anymore and just give in to it. But if you can push through those first 10 days and be really resilient to it, you can really reduce your sugar consumption long term without it being too much of a difficult thing to do. What would be the good substitute for sugar when you're looking for sugar? Uh, so if you, you know, if you feel like you've got a, a sugar craving, one of the things I always say is set a timer for 20 minutes. If you have a sugar craving, set a timer for 20 minutes, go away and do something else. Because it takes 20 minutes for your liver to go, actually, our, our blood sugar levels are quite low. I need to start producing glycogen to bring our blood sugar levels back up again. So if you have a sugar craving, it's usually because you're, you've got a low blood sugar. Go away for 20 minutes. And by the time you come back, usually what's happened is your liver has started to release glycogen and your craving will have gone. So, but if you, if you come back to it and you think, you yeah, know, I really do want some sugar, <laughs> then I would say start with a piece of fruit with, with some, with some, um, protein so maybe a handful of almonds and an apple or um an apple and some nut butter something like that to give you that that sort of little sweet kick but with a little bit of protein as well to balance things out um mm. if you're gonna go for sugar and you can't you really can't resist it don't go for the kind of low calorie bars and things like that because they're full of sweeteners that have a real impact on the liver just go for some sugar just go i'm gonna have some dark chocolate because that's what i fancy rather than trying to uh skirt around the issue if you like in terms of oh i'll just have a snack bar that's only got 99 calories in it but it's got tons of sweeteners that will have a real impact on your liver and the knock-on effect of that will be that your skin is is nowhere near as good as it should be so just have a little bit of dark chocolate Perfect. Okay, so uh, so that's how you s find a substitute. You just look for a healthier snack, like peanut butter mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. almond butter. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Now, now, so how do you? So I know the um, 
apple cider vinegar is a healthy thing to drink is this good for the liver to support the liver in detoxing yeah, absolutely it is so you know to support your liver in detoxing you could have half a lemon squeezed into warm water first thing in the morning that will provide the antioxidants to help the liver to flush toxins through um, but then apple cider vinegar has got a number of benefits. It's got really anti-inflammatory properties, so it can really help with joint pain and things like that, especially if we've got some inflammation going on from sugar that we might have consumed. There's also lots of research now to suggest that uh, consuming apple cider vinegar 10 to 15 minutes before you have some sugar can really slow the release of those sugars down and can keep your blood sugars balanced. So not only have we got the benefits of apple cider vinegar to, to detox and support the liver, but we've also got the benefit of it being able to balance our blood sugars as well and keep our insulin balanced. Right. And you would want to have this on an empty stomach, right? Yeah. 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 So a tablespoon of it in some water. Don't ever take it neat. Have a tablespoon of it in some water about 10 to 15 minutes before you eat. And that will almost act as a plug to mean that you don't absorb the sugars from the sugary food that you're eating quite as quickly. So That's if you really, if you really do want some sugar, then yes. make sure you've got a bottle of apple cider vinegar into hand as well. <laughs> In the morning. Or yeah. can you have it right before? Like yeah. can, you, can you have it before lunch? Yeah. Yeah. Or say you're going out for afternoon tea and you know there's going to be cake. Have a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar before you go and you can minimize the impact of that sugar. You can't avoid it completely, but you can certainly minimize it. Okay, so that's another hack. So remember that. Yeah. Okay, so how does that apple cider vinegar affect the microbiome? Uh, it's because it's fermented. So our microbiome is full of bacteria. And because apple cider vinegar is a fermented substance, it will be full of bacteria, particularly if it's the mother, um, yeah. if it's from the mother, uh, um, uh, you know, the source of it. Source, and yeah. Yeah. So when you consume it, you'll be consuming bacteria that will feed either feed the good bacteria or support the gut bacteria in your intestine to establish and colonize, basically. So real benefits from that fermented perspective to support your gut bacteria to to diversify, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Yes. So, yes, that's very healthy. And sometimes we get those uh, breakouts right in the dead center mm. of the cheek. Mm. That's the uh, site of the stomach in uh, Chinese medicine. We'll, yeah. we'll yeah. call that a, a, a stomach area. So whenever you get the breakout here, it's something you have eaten the night before. And that's how quickly it will show up here mm. as a detox. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming if you have that apple cider vinegar, you are going to help to, to clean up that much quicker, right? Yeah. Actually, I didn't realize that that was the stomach area. Right here in the dead center. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because when you have it here, it's a hormonal issue. Yeah. And I knew but, that um, Chinese medicine, you know, liver is a green organ in Chinese medicine. It's and right under. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I didn't realize that was the stomach. So that's, you. I've learned yeah. something from you today. Yeah, well. right here. And yeah. I know, I know after the, I never get breakouts, but after the holidays, I still have a little one there. So I was like, okay, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. And that's all about, that's all about your stomach acid, isn't it? So apple cider vinegar will help to populate your stomach acid and will help you to, to digest your foods more effectively as well. That's good. So this way we don't have to like go on a crazy diets and because this is the month when we are going to be thinking what to do. Do I diet? Do I start eating healthier? Do I exercise? All that. 
So <laughs> if we just cut the sugar. Yeah. And again, from Chinese medicine perspective, we shouldn't really be deep. We shouldn't be restricting in this month because this is a, a winter month where we need to be still nourishing the body. But nourishing the body with lots of really good nutrients, not nourishing the body with lots of processed nutrients or or sugary nutrients that are going to cause inflammation in the body. So by just at this time of year, by cutting the sugar, balancing your blood sugars, you can actually get huge benefits from that without feeling like you're in a place of restriction. I always encourage my clients to focus on nourishing their body, making a choice around, I love my body, so I'm going to nourish it with lots of really good foods rather than putting in the chemicals or or the inflammatory foods, which, which cause more problems long term. Yes, we're just being bombarded with the advertisements. Mm -hmm. That's why it, it, it's hard to think healthy when you're yeah. looking at those. Yeah. But I have noticed that... Um, when people are depriving themselves of healthy fats, um, going on a diet, and they're so restrictive diets, that um, when the healthy fats are missing from the cells, the wrinkles, dryness, all that mm. forms almost instantly. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so the way to, to, to put the healthy um, fats into your diet is get the avocados. One half of avocado a day that should be sufficient. Yeah. Or ghee. Get yourself ghee and put it in your coffee in the morning. Yeah. That is, coconut oil. Yes. That is mm. an excellent, mm. excellent way of getting the healthy oils in, but not um, not looking much older than, than you should. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you help your clients. You kind of go over the their their personality type, how they burn the, the energy. Mm. And then, yeah. then you decide to direct them into the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just encourage them to really get to grips with how what the messages their body's sending them after the food they've eaten. So you can always tell two and a half hours after you've eaten, if you're hungry, the food that you ate the meal before did not work for you in terms of keeping your blood sugars balanced. Yes. So that's so sometimes we need someone else to watch out for us and mm -hmm. Just kind of remind us, okay, that was the tip. That was the hint. That was yeah. that. So, yes. So, yeah. that's perfect. So, what what else can can you give us as a uh, quick fix uh, for uh, to, to keep us healthy and start living um, or eating healthier as the year begins? Yeah. So, always focus on protein first thing in the morning, as I said. Stomach's full of hydrochloric acid. If you get your breakfast right, that is the first biggest hurdle because that will have an impact on your energy levels through the rest of the day, your choices around food for the rest of the day. So that's the first most important thing is to get your breakfast right. Uh, and then focus on, you know, getting to lunchtime without needing to snack. So all of these things, I encourage clients to just break them down into simple steps. Don't try and do too much too soon. Just focus on your breakfast, first of all and making sure your breakfast will take you from breakfast time to lunchtime without needing to snack. That's the first thing. And once you can do that, once you've got that under control, then you can start to focus on the order in which you eat your food. So having your, your fiber, first of all, followed by your protein, then followed by your, your carbohydrates. And once you've got that sorted, 
Then let's look at an eating window and a time within which you're eating and how we can, can we adjust it so that you are finishing your meal by six o'clock or, you know, if you know that that's not possible, let's have a bigger meal at lunchtime and less meal, you know, on protein based smaller meal in the evening so that it's not impacting your insulin levels. Then I might encourage a client to say, OK, so now you've got breakfast, lunch and evening meal sorted. What can we do from a movement perspective after each meal? Can you go up and down the stairs five times? Can you walk around the block? Can you take a walk in the garden? Can we move a little bit just to get the cardiovascular system working and moving some of that insulin around the body? Um, and once we've we've done that, then we might look at apple cider vinegar as an option before or before we eat each meal. Um, we also might look at making sure we're going to bed by 10 o'clock and kind of coming off devices at eight and things like that. So there's lots of simple things we can do. But the first thing to do is to go, right, what's the one thing I'm going to choose to do to balance my blood sugars? That's breakfast. Okay, we get that right. First of all, that might take three weeks, but that's okay. If that takes three weeks, then we'll move on to the next thing. Because I think one of the biggest things in society is we put so much pressure on ourselves to be all singing or dancing straight away. And we go into overwhelm and then it's not not sustainable. Yeah. So it's much better to change one lifestyle element, first of all. And once that's a habit, then we'll move on to the next one and then the next one and just and make those changes gradually. Yes, yes, that's perfect. And so when would uh, you prefer people exercise before breakfast or after dinner? Again, entirely up to the individual, depending on the individual's metabolic net metabolic rate kind of thing you know um we we tend to be better at exercise later on in the day but not too late in the day so ideal would be around five o'clock um but some people also exercise better on a on an empty stomach in a fasted state uh your natural circadian rhythms your cortisol levels are sort of peaking mid mid to late well mid to mid afternoon basically and then they're dropping and ideally, that's when you would exercise, when your cortisol levels are at their, at their highest. Mm -hmm. um, so from a circadian rhythm perspective, the afternoon is the right time to exercise. But again, it depends on the individual. And if you know that you're not going to be able to exercise later on in the day, but you can exercise first thing in the morning, exercise first thing in the morning, because then at least you'll have done it. Because if you don't think you're going to be able to get it done later on in the day, then you're not going to do it at all, are you? So actually go with what's going to work with for your for your schedule and your routine. I do have a seven day sugar free challenge coming up in at the end of January. So if you go to my website, you'll see a banner at the top. Uh, and that is a seven days of working in a group environment with me coaching you and supporting you all the way through. And that just gives you a taster of, of whether if you know if you know that sugar is an issue for you and you want to try and break that sugar addiction, that seven day sugar free challenge is a great place to start. So tell me again the name. What is it? seven day sugar free challenge starts on the 23rd of january okay perfect and so it's that's on the banner it's on the banner on the top of my website if you go to see thomas Wobbing. okay that's that's great so we can definitely uh look for things to start off with and then mm -hmm. if we need extra help sue is available yeah okay so thank you so much, Sue. And uh, I know it's late for you already. And you probably have eaten your dinner already. You're not going to yeah, be... A long time ago. <laughs> okay, very good. So thank you so much. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode.